Before we dive into our rad new ep, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners on the land on which we record, the Wurundjeri people. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and to the ongoing living culture of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. What's up and welcome to the Girls Gonna Work podcast. I'm Hayley, a recovering awkward person and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Join me and some of the best babes in the biz as we spill the tea on the rad, the bad and the mad reality of running a business. So pop this potty in your ear for your hot girl walk or while you work and enjoy today's episode. Hello, my beautiful besties. Happy Wednesday. If you're listening to this in real time, I'm so excited to have you here. It's December. What the fuck? What the fuck? (laughs) It's been a year, girls, and we made it to the other end. I'm so excited. It is December. I have been really just head down, bum up, getting to the finish line for all my client work. A lot of them take a lot of time off over the summer break, which is really nice, but it does mean lots of extra planning. We're talking like content prepped till like February for some clients or like EDMs ready and scheduled for others, just all admin tied up in a nice bow. So it's been really busy, which is nice because it's good to be busy. I like it. Anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about today's beautiful guest. I am talking to Beth. She is a makeup artist and founder of St. Jack. She sells the viral brush cleaner. You might have seen it on TikTok and a makeup sanitizing spray. And her business, just like mine, came out of COVID. And honestly, I'm a stalker and I've been following her for a while now. And I'm so inspired by what she does. And I'm also inspired by how real she is about talking about how hard business is. So we really bonded over that. We actually got to meet a couple months back at a event for Baby Pink Gin. So that was really cool to meet her in real life. And today's episode is a goodie. It is a little bit of a harder conversation that we had compared to other episodes. We talk about some really hard things and just the reality of running a business. And yeah, I think it's a powerful conversation and I'm really inspired by it. And I'm really thankful with how honest Beth gets about the reality of business ownership, because that's exactly the ethos of this podcast and why I do what I do, because business is really hard. And it's nice to hear other people talk about it. (laughs) So I was really grateful for Beth to bring that to the table for today's episode. We talk about some amazing ups and downs, her success in going viral, the reality of selling out. So I think today will be a great episode and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Beth. I'm so excited to have you here on the potty. Thank you so much for having me. It is really exciting. I haven't been on a podcast in a little while and it's my favorite thing. Yay. Well, I'm excited to have you. I say this, honestly, I'm going to say it again. I say it every episode. I get to interview these amazing women. I have stalked you. I follow you on Instagram. I follow you on TikTok. (laughs) And I've listened to you on a couple of potties. So I'm very excited to have you. Oh, you just have my annoying (laughs) voice in your ear all the time. (laughs) No, definitely not annoying. You know, you know your shit. So I'm excited to have you here. And <laughs> I know you. that everyone will get something out of this potty today. So we're going to jump straight into the hard stuff. You've given me full permission. We're asking the hard questions today and I couldn't be more excited. Now I'm a little bit scared, but no, you do. You have, <laughs> you have full permission. I'm an open book. Let's do it. 
Yeah, amazing. So we're going to go in and just, I mean, like I said, I've stalked you. I know you've got it going on the gram. You've hit, gone viral on TikTok for a couple of times. So you've hit really good success in your makeup artistry and with St. Jack. Can you share a bit of the story, a bit of the journey, where you started, how you got there, all the rough, hard stuff in between? Have you had jobs while you worked on your business? Tell us all the things. Yeah, so much to unpack there. Yeah, it's a big question. (laughs) It is a big question. I mean, I'll skip to, I suppose, where the makeup artistry career began. I have spoken a lot about you know, like my entryway into beauty and like how that kind of became a thing. I think the simple answer is I'm the youngest of four daughters. There was always makeup around, you know, things like that. My sister was working on beauty counters. Probably in my late teens, early 20s, I started becoming really obsessed with like hoarding makeup. It was really the rise of e-commerce in beauty. It was like the Jeffree Star Cosmetics, Colourpop, Makeup Geek, at really accessible price points. So for the job that I had at the time, which has nothing to do with beauty, so I'm not even going to get into it. You know, (laughs) it was just something I loved to do was like spend that kind of disposable cash on makeup. Frankly, I didn't really need. Um, Around 2016, so a while ago now. Um, I ended up flying to New York for a week to study with Priscilla Ono, who is, she was at the time and she still is now Rihanna's makeup artist. Yeah. Wow. Fenty Beauty didn't exist at the time. That's how long ago we're talking about, but it obviously does now. And she's the global ambassador for Fenty Beauty. So I got to study really closely with her for a Mm -hmm. week. And it was really interesting because after that course, which was all makeup artistry, I had a one-on-one with her. And she was like, oh, you know, you're really talented. I would love you to assist me if I came to Australia. Like, what do you think? Are you going to go home and you're going to do artistry? Yeah. And I said, nah. Um, <laughs> just nah. No. I was like, nah. <laughs> like, I've just traveled literally to the opposite side of the world. But no, because I didn't feel confident enough in my okay. own skills. And it's funny because I ended up saying to her, I was like, you know, I still want to work in beauty, but I just don't know if makeup artistry is for me. Like maybe I need to work for a beauty brand. Mm-hmm. And in my head, really the only beauty brand that I was aware of was there's a big L'Oreal office in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On St. Kilda Road. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, that's the only one I can think of because Mecca was really just emerging. Sephora yeah. didn't exist in Australia yet. They hadn't come here. So I didn't really know what I was talking about. Ecom and beauty wasn't really a thing yet either in Australia. Um, so I came home and I didn't really pursue it. I just kept doing this this other job. I was working for mm. my dad in his construction business. And then it wasn't until a few years later that I was like, you know what? I keep doing my friend's makeup, my family's makeup, but every event, like every wedding that they go to, like fuck it. I'm just going to give it a go. Yeah. And I built my kit like slowly and surely started charging people slowly and surely. And then my makeup artistry career built momentum by Mm -hmm. the summer of 2019, 2020. I really hate talking about the pandemic. Like, I hate, (laughs) I I really hate focusing on it because like I feel every podcast I listen to talks about it a lot, but you can't really avoid it. Can you? So my artistry career was building momentum and they had like all these bookings for weddings and all this sort of stuff. And then they all got postponed and canceled and and yeah, it was kind of at that point where I was like, well, what am I going to do with myself? Yeah. And I had previously, like in those years, I mean, we're talking a long kind of gap between me studying, doing artistry, all this sort of stuff. I had yeah. worked in sales, in digital marketing, and mm-hmm. I had spent a lot of time working with e-commerce brands in different fields, a lot of women's fashion, a lot of kids apparel, a lot of baby accessories, like toys and things like that. Yeah. And I was seeing people like live out their dream, like building brands about things that they were passionate about. So I had yeah. like firsthand experience in that. And I guess that was 
sort of what had built my confidence to be like, well, I know it's possible to to do this. Yeah. And so I had that kind of thought, I guess, like running in the back of my head. And then, yeah, I had the idea for the makeup cleaning mist in March 2020, which is a sanitizing spray designed for professional artists such as myself to spray on makeup between clients. Yeah. I had that idea in March 2020, I think. And then, yeah, I just started Googling manufacturing, how to do that, how to do it in Australia. That was really important to me. And yeah, the rest is sort of history. I launched that to market about a year later in February 21. Mm-hmm. And in December 22, so December just gone, I launched my makeup brush cleaner, Bang for Your Brush, which is the one that I suppose I'm really known for or St. Jack yeah. is really known for and the one that really kind of took like TikTok by storm so yeah yeah but to answer your question as well you also asked like whether I've had other jobs or do other jobs as yeah. well yeah were you working like full-time while building St. Jack yeah so I was working part-time for my older sister she has a business in a completely unrelated field yeah but it was again another sort of sales role so I've always been very used to being kind of front-facing yeah like I have that confidence being able to talk to people so I was doing that like you know 2020 2021 mm-hmm. and then it was actually after I'd launched the mist before the brush cleaner yeah that my old CEO from the marketing agency I worked at approached me and said, hey, can you come do some consulting in content for for the brands that we have on Retainer? So I actually still work for both of those jobs. So I do like a little bit of sales here and there in a completely different industry. Like (laughs) if you looked me up on LinkedIn, you'd be like, what? And I also (laughs) freelance on the side. It's kind of like, I call it like a TikTok ghostwriter. So I'd be like, hey, I've got this really sick beauty brand and we will devise the video strategies for, you know, three months for them of what their videos should look like. So very much immersed in that but actually on my way out like transitioning out at the moment while we're recording this because I just don't have the capacity to do it anymore which is really exciting but also a very scary place to be. Yeah I think with these new generation of entrepreneurs and myself included that you kind of need to have a couple of revenue streams I mean not just entrepreneurs like fuck we're in a crisis. (laughs) Yeah, everything is expensive. So lots of people I think are hustling and doing multiple jobs. And it's something we don't really talk about because sometimes you have to bootstrap your own business. You go to the bank, they laugh at you and they're like, we're not giving you a loan. Like that happened to me when I originally wanted to buy my car. They're like, no, no. I was like, I've been working for myself for three years. What? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really funny that you say that. So I think it was because I think most people would expect that I'm still doing makeup and I'm not. And they might be surprised to hear that because I haven't spoken about the content consulting thing really yeah. publicly. Yeah. I mean, it's out there. Like I'm on TikTok for I these brands. But, yeah, I saw um, you on TikTok. I was like, wait, is that who I think? Yeah, like <laughs> I'm, not your I'm, brand. <laughs> I'm no, I'm on TikTok as the millennial boss who's obsessed with coffee cups. Like we've gone viral a couple of <laughs> times like at work. So maybe that's I, what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. I've got like a team of three or four people that I'm managing part time, which is a really big responsibility as yeah. well. But it was in like November last year I did my last wedding as a bridal makeup artist but at the time I was running St. Jack I was a makeup artist I had my podcast was still going Mm -hmm. um I was working at that marketing agency I was also still working for my sister and it got to the point where I remember I went to Sydney for work and I had like not panic attack but I was just like 
it's too much. I don't have any work-life balance here. Um, And it's, it's terrifying because obviously I dropped the makeup thing. I stopped doing my podcast, which was with me talking to other makeup artists, which sort of wasn't intentional to drop it forever, but I just haven't picked it back up again because, you know, everything else is so time consuming. But I feel like a lot of people kind of fail to talk about what you've got to do in order to keep the wheels rolling and, Mm -hmm. you know, my business has been completely bootstrapped. Like every single dollar to this day that St. Jack has ever earned has gone back into St. Jack and these other jobs keep me afloat so that that can still be true. So we're at a really interesting kind of period of time right now where we might be able to like actually dive into it. But yeah, yeah, it's a weird transition point because I've heard on a lot of podcasts people being like, nah, like I'm just, you know, doing the brand as kind of a side hustle, but it's getting bigger. Or they just talk about, yeah, I made that transition at this time and now I work on the brand full time. It's like, well, how did you come to that yeah, yeah. point? Because it's terrifying. And it's different for everyone. I mean, I know we don't like talking about COVID, but like for me, I got made redundant in COVID and I was like, well, if I don't fucking try now, I'm not going to try. So I like started a business with like no backup plan, no spare money, like nothing. And I've had to like make it work that way. Whereas some people are like, no, you should have 10 grand in the bank and have everything sorted before you leave your full-time job and like do that. So I think it really is different for everyone, but I love hearing that it's different for everyone. And then Mm. you have to choose your own heart or choose your own what's more fearful or what feels more comfortable for you to do. So if having that money in the bank is the thing that's going to be like, okay, once I have this, sweet, I'm quitting that job. Or is it going to be the thing? I'll never have that money. So I'll never start. So it really is different for everyone, I think. It it is. And it's a something you just said, like really kind of like hit me a little bit where you were like, you have to choose your own heart. And I think it's yeah. like, you have to choose what is the thing that you're going to give up or you're going to yeah. risk in order to make it work. And I think for me, I'm very much in a position like today, like while we're having this conversation, I think I mentioned to you off air that like, it's been a, it's been a day, you know, it's yeah. been a time. And that's also got a lot to do with the fact that I'm, I'm really like at the precipice of being like, if not now, then when? Yeah. And what does that actually look like for me? Like, yeah. how am I going to pay my rent if my sales aren't working for some yeah. reason next week? And that is terrifying. But oh, fuck yeah. I have a I have a friend. He's a little bit younger than me, so I feel like he can simplify things down. Where I yeah. tend to overcomplicate things. Because oh, I'm I have you know, I've talked about in the past that I've struggled with some like fairly serious mental health issues and anxiety and stuff. And he just said to me, like, I was freaking out earlier. And he's like, worst case scenario, yeah, just go and get a job. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. All right. Checks out. (laughs) And he's like, he was like, yeah, he was like in any of the fields that you've done random bits and bobs, like over the last few years, you'll just go get a job. And like, you know, if it all like blows up in your face, which is very unlikely to happen, you'll just get a job. Yeah. And I was like, exactly. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. it's It sounds so like we're laughing about it now, but I've gone through something like, like not similar, but like in the last couple of months, this is the most stressed out I've ever been in my entire life, in my business, not my entire life, but in my business life. And I was really scared to let a couple of clients go. And like my business funds my life. Like I was like, holy shit, like, all my extra money goes back into my business. So I have no spare cash. 
shocker. <laughs> I'm a spender. <laughs> yeah. Same. But like at the end of the day, if then all my clients left me because I fired a couple that I thought were going to be there forever, it's it's really going to fucking hurt my pride and I'm going to have to grieve letting go of my business, but I could get another job. Yeah. Like you could get another job. Like, yeah, I think running those scenarios sometimes are the things that like help you kind of pull through the like overwhelm and the overthinking because yeah. you get yeah. a little caught up. So I 100% know how that feels. Oh, I'm really glad because like I'm also <laughs> one of these people who are like. You are not is, alone. <laughs> I am not alone. I'm one of these people who are like have a problem and then go to every single friend and family member I have yeah. to talk about it. And I'd, yeah. I'd cycled through everyone, like mom, dad, sisters, <laughs> like, you know, my closest girlfriends. And then I mentioned to this guy, I was like, oh, you know, I'm really stressed out. And like, you know, I spent so much money and blah, blah, blah. He's like, you'll just get a job. I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm sure there will be like a lot of emotion that plays into that. But yes, you're actually really right about that. So yeah. perfect. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> man oh Jesus. uh well kind of on that what we're talking about the really hard stuff in business and we we're spilling the secrets today we're not holding anything back (laughs) but what do you think is like the common misunderstanding about the role as a business owner in general in your space in e-com life in like the makeup industry in general like what do you think people are putting on instagram and lying oh my god (laughs) that reeling (laughs) Well, I think everyone is highlight reeling and I, I do champion TikTok a little bit here for kind of bringing everyone down to earth a little bit because the algorithm favors people crying (laughs) as in like it favors people having relatable issues and, you know, being really vulnerable and more about that sort of thing. So I think that there's something to be said for that platform, really opening the way of people discussing mental health issues or different challenges that they might be experiencing. Like I've certainly done it and not for views, but to sort of build. I think that my brand, whether I did it with intention or not, because I never really thought about it, my brand is very much tied up in me. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I have this uh, responsibility to be, you know, truthful and authentic about how things are going as much as I can in a way that's not going to, you know, jeopardize what I'm trying to achieve. I think to answer your question, you know, the biggest thing that's misunderstood in general, Mm -hmm. I think, and something that I misunderstood as well was just how difficult it is to manage all of the different things. And that kind of sounds oversimplified, but I just, I didn't think it through. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, you know, I started the business in COVID. That's all good. Didn't have anything else going on. You know, I got to this point where, you know, I was making consistent sales every month, but now, you know, what I was making in a month, I'm probably making in a day. And it's like, uh, how do I do that? How do I make all those orders get out the door on time? How do I answer all of the DMs from customers, good or bad? Mostly like 99% of the time, good, but like, you know, I want to be present. How do I make all the content? How do I show up for things like this? How do I show up for myself as a human being who needs to eat properly? Yeah. (laughs) I was making a joke (laughs) yesterday that last week I was just so stressed out that I was like, I was being a rat girl. I don't know if you've heard of this rat girl (laughs) phenomenon. It's like a Gen Z term, but it's like you kind of scurry around and you just eat the little treats that you feel like eating and like you're just too busy and you're on the move. And it's like, I don't think I ate a proper meal last week and not because I don't love food. I do, but because I was just so 
I was like, nah, this is more important. This is more important. This is more mm-hmm. important. And I think that goes in line with what are you willing to sacrifice yeah. to, to make it work? And so I think I definitely underestimated how difficult, I think scale is what gets really difficult. I think it's easy yeah. to start. I think it's really fucking easy to start. Like anyone obviously can do it. I think, you know, people end up standing out when they can persist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got. My um, favorite reaction to anything I've ever said. Like, just yes. Yep. Just yes. <laughs> I agree. It is so true. And it's so fucking hard because, and I like that rat girl term. I haven't heard that. I've heard like um, my favorite um, one is like a day of rotting. Like I just need to sit on the couch yes. and just rot and just like look like shit, eat like shit, do zero things productive. I call <laughs> rotting, which I actually heard about today. I, I saw it on TikTok today. I'd never heard of rotting before. I call that my goblin mode. Oh, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. I have two modes only. It's this, <laughs> it's this. It's like where we've got our hair done, makeup on, we've got our nice clothes on, or it's a hairs in a bun, no makeup. Like I'm wearing active wear and an oversized jumper that probably has food on it. Like, yeah. You have to have both, I guess. You can't be perfect all the time. But, no. yeah, Rat Girl is about, like, scurrying because you're so busy. You have no yeah. time to rot because you need to rat. <laughs> That's what I'm calling this episode. <laughs> My friend Hannah is going to love this. She's obsessed with the term Rat Girl. So she's yeah. going to love this. So that just love came out that. of my mouth. <laughs> That's so good. It's true, though, because we do... I think when you're in the midst of scaling or you're in the midst of just like either overwhelm or just, I mean, on the outside, it looks like success, which it is, but it's like you are so overwhelmed and doing all the things that all the other things in your life do get kind of pushed aside because do you think it's because either you're putting the pressure on yourself or we get in mindsets where it's like, our business is so important. It doesn't matter if I don't eat today or it doesn't matter if I don't go for that walk. It doesn't matter if I do insert your thing here. Yeah. Yeah. It's more to do with like our business mindsets or. I think it's all about, well, in my experience anyway, it's about prioritization. And Mm -hmm. for me personally, it's not great. Um, But like, historically over my entire life I've always prioritized like from you know high school year 12 going to uni working when I didn't work for myself I've always prioritized work over everything else like always and it's like it's just I think sometimes work ethic is intrinsic that way however it has been to the detriment of my health so for example in year 12 I was really really overweight like probably if you had like a chart, like I was probably obese because I didn't do sport. I didn't exercise. I didn't understand the link between, you know, exercise and mental health, mental health strolls weren't a thing. Then I was drinking a Red Bull after school every day so I could study. And then I got like a 99 point something ATAR or whatever. And then I was like, oh, well, (laughs) yeah, no, pretty much. And so I guess it's just like learning that it's not everything. Yeah. A few months ago, 
one of my family members got really sick Mm -hmm. and they managed to find out like what the problem was and they were Mm -hmm. able to fix it, which is awesome. But there was like a two week period where it just scared the living shit out of me. Yeah. It made me realize that, yeah, like everything that I'm doing is really important and like, it's really important to me, but in the grand scheme of things, like if we can't fix this particular problem, like Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck. Like I'll shut down, say Jack down tomorrow, like so that I can be present for that. And then more importantly, like after we kind of came good and the stress was over of that, Mm -hmm. I was like, I am nothing if my body shuts down. So the rap girl thing is no good because I was meant to, (laughs) I was meant to improve on that. But like, honestly, I was like, okay, enough's enough. Like I hadn't exercised basically since January. I was like, you know, other than some walks here and there, I'm like, it's time to get back to Pilates. It's time to go back to the gym. It's time to start eating something green. Like, I think it's all about prioritization. And, you know, like I said, I don't always win that particular battle, but I think if you can try that's good. (laughs) As long as we're trying. We're trying. We're trying, girls. It's true. I feel like listening to you, I was like, I feel the same, girl, because I've gone through the exact same thing. The last six months have been the most stressed out and burnt out I've ever been in business. And it's only now that I've kind of like made some really hard calls and made some changes and some shifts. And now I'm like, I'm like chilled for the first time all year, (laughs) which is crazy. (laughs) We like, need to talk about how I need to get to that point. <laughs> I mean, sick. yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm hoping to have that in a couple of months' time. It's just, yeah, you know what? Like the way I was feeling this morning when I was having a bit of like a, oh, like what am I doing? It's like it's scary. Like doing this shit is scary. It would be a lot easier to just get a job. Like, yeah. It would just be easier because you're not responsible. Like you're not building anything. You can be great at your job and still get to go home at night. And yeah, it it can be, it can be really hard. So I'm very happy for you. And I can't wait to join you in that bliss. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming. You talked about scaling just before and how hard it is. Yeah. Let's talk about it more. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So there are so many factors that no one talks about, which Again, that's what we're doing on the potty today. Going from a micro business, which is, you know, just little old you in your garage, which it sounds like you're still doing it all by yourself anyway. But Mm -hmm. going from like making a couple of sales, like you said, you were making, I don't know, X amount in a month. And now you're making that figure potentially daily, weekly. It's blown up. It's blown Mm up. Mm -hmm. So talk me through or talk us through how that feels, how you're kind of maintaining that are you making changes in your business so that it's less you and you can actually have space to reprioritize yeah what have been some like hard decisions you've had to make to kind of go from micro to scaling well the first one's a funny one actually because (laughs) I am sitting in a room that was designed to be the St. Jack distribution center so I really okay I recently moved into a two-bedroom apartment here in Melbourne and I was like, the second room, because I live by myself, I was like, the second room is the office and that's where I'm going to pack all of the orders and blah, blah, blah. And so I picked the apartment and, you know, within the six weeks or whatever it was from like kind of signing that lease and into coming into it, the business outgrew the idea that I could do it from the apartment in the spare room. So now I just call it the studio because it's where (laughs) I do my makeup and it's where I film my content. So that's fine. Like it's still worthwhile, but I, yeah, I outgrew it. And so now we're doing that elsewhere where it fits. But I was kind of joking about it yesterday or the day before where we had like, 
I don't know, a couple hundred orders going out yesterday afternoon. I was like, what the fuck was I thinking that I could do this, <laughs> that I could do this out of this tiny like apartment bedroom. I'm really fortunate that my family has really pitched in a lot oh, to help me. Like, yeah. I'm really lucky in that respect. And like not doing things that don't matter, but doing like really manual functional things in terms of packing orders and stuff like that and helping me do that because that's not necessarily where my time is best spent. Do I end Mm -hmm. up doing it? Yes. But is my time better spent making content, connecting with my community, coming up with, you know, new ideas for new products and ideas for, you know, what we're doing in the future, which is really exciting as well. Absolutely. So I'm also kind of employing friends on a casual basis to be like, hey, you know, you do a nine day fortnight on that 10th day. Do you want to come work for St. Jack and help me out? So that's, I guess, how I'm kind of like bridging the gap a little bit. And I'm really fortunate in that respect that a lot of my family is really pitching in to help. I think the biggest challenge for me with scale other than space, like for example, I mean, the viral TikTok I made was about like, where am I going to put all this shit? And then that's happened all over again. Like you would have thought I'd learned my lesson. That's happened all (laughs) over again, like a week or two ago when the biggest order I've ever made of brush cleaner arrived and it was on like a billion pallets. And I was like, holy shit. This is when I was like, I can't believe I thought I was going to be able to do this from my apartment. But other than the space issue, the biggest issue for me is actually money. Like just call a spade a spade because you in beauty, you have what they call an MOQ, which stands for your minimum order quantity. So unlike, I mean, service-based businesses are different anyway, because you're not infinitely scalable, right? Like Mm. if you're doing the business, you're not infinitely scalable. Product is infinitely scalable if it's like mass manufactured. However, even when you do that, your cost of goods, so your COGS, is going to go down the more you order, which is a good thing. But that Mm -hmm. also means the more I order, the more I'm outlaying. Yeah. So a couple months ago when I made that massive order, I spent all the money I had making this huge order, which is awesome. It's arrived now. Thank God. And it started Mm -hmm. selling it. But, you know, in the interim, I can't make any money and I've spent every dollar I have. And it's like this constant like, push pull between spending money to make more money eventually so that you can spend more again. And it's just this like constant momentum building. Yeah. And I think I didn't know any of that (laughs) before I started my business. You know, I was like, sell product good, get product outdoor good, make money good. But it's like, (laughs) there are so many things that eat into your profitability. Like for example, you know, I'm really across my numbers now. Like I know how much profit I'm making on every order and I take into account everything from like mm-hmm. the shipping label that goes on the box to the decorative sticker that goes on the box to mm-hmm. how much you know it costs me to acquire a new customer on like a meta ad for example there's a yeah, lot okay. that goes into it and it's just stuff that I wasn't across like a year ago yeah um, so happy to be there now but now I would say like the biggest issue I have is understanding all of that mm-hmm. it's making sure that I consistently have enough resources to keep the momentum going yeah yeah I saw I think it was like Christian Hull on TikTok he was talking about like his e-commerce business and in Frank he was talking about how dumb customers are and they don't read but his thing was that like he puts his products on pre-order for this exact reason because to order like I think his example is like 400 hoodies. He's like, I don't know, 100 grand potentially, probably not that much, but like 50 grand for easy math. He's like, I don't just have 50 grand sitting in the bank. Like that's why I open pre-orders so that I can 
do stuff like that. And it is, it's like product-based businesses is tough because it is a lot of money to then outlay at the start, but then to sell it back and make it back slowly, quickly, however that looks. But like who in this economy yeah. who has like a bit of cash just sitting there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a challenge. And, you know, like I've done, he's right. I've done the pre-order model before yeah. and it came back to bite me in the ass because it was the one and only time, I think it was like April or May. And I did the pre-order model because I had so many people being like, when's it coming oh, back? When's it, it coming back? Cause I've sold out of the regular bottles I sold out seven or eight times. And then I sold out of my, I had some like kind of deformed bottles that I sold as practically perfect, a little bit cheaper and they sold out as well. So I think in total, it's like nine or 10 times I sold out of this product. And I think on like round four, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do a pre-order for this exact reason. And then it was the one time that my delivery driver like got lost like literally, <laughs> as in like on the way from Sydney to Melbourne, oh, like didn't check in after he got to like Aubrey or something like that. And like he had three iPads, three phone numbers. I was calling everything, couldn't find him for days and days. He then said that it all got stolen so he couldn't communicate. And I was like, you are sitting on like my livelihood, like where the fuck is yeah. my stuff? And then I think the pre-order in that case was delayed by like, I don't know, maybe five days, but they were the yeah. longest five days of my <laughs> life. And I started feeling so guilty because I was like, it's not my customer's fault. No. That- this was the position that I was in and they've spent like their hard-earned money in this economy and they want this thing and now it's delayed that I was like the stress and the knots my stomach were in because of that particular occasion. Mm-hmm. I think you, you would be surprised to see me do a pre-order again after that yeah. because there are just so many factors you can't control. Like I yeah. never want to sell something ever again without having like being exact- able to touch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I don't want to. I don't even want a delivery date. I want to be able to see it before I yeah. sell it. Yeah, yeah, fair. Ugh, cringe, <laughs> stressful. Yeah, it gives me the. I'm making business sound terrible. It's really not. <laughs> it's really not. I love it. I love what you I love do. It, guys. It's just, there's Worth just the like stress. It is. There's just a lot that goes into it, and I think often we don't spend enough time talking about it and particularly like the way that I approach my content for the Mm -hmm. most part, like nine times out of 10, I really lean into being a silly goose Yeah, because I would rather like entertain people. Like it's not that deep. It's just makeup brush cleaning, you know? So I don't get into this stuff. Like I'm only talking about it for the sake of, you know, your audience are probably the kinds of people who need to hear and like learn about this. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, that's the whole ethos of Girls Gotta Work is that we're sharing the rad, the bad and the mad because for so long, I think business has been glorified and we go through so much burnout that no one talks about. And yes, sometimes it's good that it's talked about occasionally or when you come out of it, but when you're in the midst of it, it's so hard to reach out or know that you aren't alone. Like I think most people are aware that like, no, we're not alone, but like when you're in the pits of the hard it is it's almost even harder than to reach out. So it's like if I personally am hearing conversations like this now and even six months ago when I was fucking going through the ringer, it still helps because mm. you're kind of like connecting the dots and you're like, okay, I know I know Beth knows how I feel. I know Haley knows how I feel. I know this person knows how I feel. 
And there's something so comforting in that. Yeah. Well, it's very, it's very validating. Like there are still, I mean, I've listened to, I want to say hundreds, hundreds of founder podcast episodes, if not thousands. Like I've listened to so many over the last like three, four, five years even. Yeah. And every so often, a lot of the times I find them really repetitive. I'm not going to lie to you, but every so often I'll hear this nugget, most likely from Mm -hmm. a podcast I wasn't expecting to hear it from. And I'm like, fuck, that just sums up like so bad, like what I'm feeling right now. And so like if anything that either of us is saying is like resonating with someone that I think it would be worth it. I just think like, also, I really want to preface that it's not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, guys. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet. Like yeah. when, yeah. you know, when I'm like, when I'm flying in this, I'm flying, like I'm having yeah. the time of my life. And I think that's also why, I do what I do. Like I said earlier, yeah. I worked in a digital marketing sales role five years ago. Uh, I was in an all-male sales team. Wow. And you can imagine what that was like. I mean, we were all roughly the same age. Like we were all like 25 yeah. or whatever. Like it wasn't toxic or anything like that. But the boys were like obsessed with Gary V. Mm-hmm. It was another one whose name I can't remember, but like he was more toxic. I didn't like him as much. But anyway, we ended up going to a Gary V conference. And oh, it was yeah. like real kind of like American, like hype, like, woo, like sales, like let's get it. And Gary talked at the end and he made a comment at the time and he was like, I don't think anyone wants to be an entrepreneur. I think they need to be an entrepreneur and I heard it and I was like what does that mean and now yeah. that I am doing it I understand it because if I was just like yeah I want a business and I want to make money and I want to go into Mecca and I want to um you know wear really nice clothes and go to Louis Vuitton every week this isn't the job for me <laughs> um, because I tell you, I would be on a much faster track to that if I had just stayed in different careers that I was doing prior to this. But it's yeah. a need that I have yes. to keep going. It's a need that I have to build something of my own. It's a need that I have to continue nurturing this community and making something. And I just yeah. think a lot of people think that they want that for whatever reason. And that's why so many people like start a business. But I think mm-hmm. that that's a big reason why so many fail because they get into this kind of like pits of it. And they're like, yeah, uh, fuck that. Like I tell you for a fact, like I'm not giving up on this until it's like no choice. Yeah. <laughs> till I'm on the floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's recently he- unlocking that memory. Yeah. And yeah. I really understand it for the first yeah. time. Yeah. I was interviewing Amy Lee from Content Queen Planner a couple of episodes ago. And she talks about, she's like, I just froth over business. <laughs> and I was like, same girl. Like, like it, it's this hard and it's not this hard for everyone. Everyone's journey is so different, but like, it's so fucking worth it. Like I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine going to work for someone else ever again. I mean, if I have to, I fucking will, but like, I can't imagine doing it. And I, mm. I feel it in the pits of my soul that I'm like, this is what I meant to be doing. And it's, and it's worth every single second. And it allows me to have the vision that I want for my life and my vision compared to your vision can be completely different, but like Mm. this is our avenue to get there and to get what we need and to get what we want out of life is like running our businesses. Yeah. A hundred percent. Completely agree. Yeah. So Beth, we are here in the party and I could keep talking for hours. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to take this offline, but I would love to ask a couple of like rapid fire questions 
Uh, what is one habit or practice that you would recommend learning or implementing to help you in business in any area that of it? Yep. <laughs> I kind of already covered it, but I really think that it, it's got to be just in general, like finding a way to balance your mental health as well as your physical yeah. health while also working on your business and working on your career. It's not something that I always succeed at, but it's something that I'm always at least actively thinking about and trying yeah. to take steps in the right direction because it just really, you know, like I said, I had, you know, a pretty strong reminder like a few months ago that you have nothing without it. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, even for me, it's things as simple as I am going to try and put my phone in another room and actually watch an episode of like comfort TV yeah. rather than have it on in the background and be scrolling at the same time. Like that's really simple, but mm-hmm. these are just a little thing so that you can actually switch off and yeah. try and, and try and enjoy. And what's your favorite comfort TV show? At the moment, I am re-watching Gilmore Girls, okay. which is a big vibe. It was kind of an yeah. accident. Like I just put it on in the background. Like I always have TV on while I'm doing my makeup. Yeah. And, yeah, it just came up on my Netflix suggested, and I think I've watched it like two or three times on Netflix where I was like, oh, I'll just dive in, you know, dive back in next minute. I haven't watched a single episode of any other TV show in like a month. <laughs> so we're almost done, thank God. <laughs> they do get a little bit like monotonous and annoying but it's it's a nice show I really love the grandparents Richard yeah they're yeah. very sweet is there any of those podcasts where the cast like recount the episodes oh damn I don't know I can Have imagine so I think this is so niche but if anyone's watched Gilmore Girls I'll know the character his name's Doyle he's in like the later seasons yeah um when what's her name Rory goes to Yale and he has a podcast and I know yeah. that he's had them on the show but I don't know if it's like Gilmore Girls, like, official seal of approval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did um, – we're going off topic, but we're rolling with it. I did, like, One Tree Hill because the girl, like, the main women in that show have, like, a podcast called Drama Queens and they, like, watch oh, the episodes and, and then it. talk about it. So I'm like – that was, like, my second thing. I was like, oh, I like the show, but it's a bit outdated. But getting to listen to the girls talk about the behind-the-scenes and stuff was super interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, Okay, so what is uh, the raddest part about running a business or the best thing? One million percent people. Yeah, okay. A hundred, like a hundred percent people. Like customers, I got the coolest email from a customer yesterday and I've actually got her permission to make a TikTok about it, which is even better. But she sent me like the craziest review email I've ever read in my life and it was like, what was I doing before this? Like <laughs> uh, blah, blah, blah. And then the other day I got a DM from a customer who was like, if you've seen that episode of Friends where like uh, Rachel and Chandler like eat the cheesecake off the floor, she's yeah. like, I just spilt my brush cleaner on the floor and I just mopped and I didn't want to waste it. So I started like using it on the floor. <laughs> and it's like, they just like, they surprise me every day. Like yeah, they're so nice. fun. They're so unhinged. And also like people, you know, like meeting, you know, people like you, like we happened to meet like a few days yeah. ago before we do this which is awesome and you know other female founders and people who are doing really not just female founders just people doing really cool shit like that is 100% the best part because my life and like you know my whole being Mm -hmm. expands and gets better by knowing more people who are doing cool stuff like not just like I'm gonna be in my cave and like packing out brush cleaner to like an anonymous whoever like I really feel quite bonded to people yeah oh that's so beautiful I like that I haven't heard that answer before so that was really cool um so what is the baddest so the worst thing about running a business 
Yeah, for me, look at the moment, like it's all very relevant to, I suppose, what I'm experiencing at the moment, but it's really kind of fear. I think Mm -hmm. it would be remiss of me not to acknowledge the fact that we are in an economic crisis. Like I think we are in a recession and, you know, people stop buying things that they deem to be unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's always a part of me, like in the back of my head, that's like, is this unnecessary? Yeah. <laughs> like it's totally necessary to me. Like I, I need it yeah. and, you know, I do so much makeup, but, you know, like it, it's this kind of fear of like it's working now and it's going so well yeah. now, but what about tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. It is. It, it is, is a hard one. It is. But if you can, um, if you can figure out how to kind of self-soothe your way through it, which is what we're working on, I think it's all okay. I think I think people get fear, you know, you me- you mentioned earlier that you got made redundant in a job. Like you can be fearful of that in a, in a regular yeah. job as well. So I think everyone's fear and everyone's concerns, no matter what they do with their life, is all going to be relative, but that's probably the worst thing that I'm struggling with at the moment. Yeah, yeah, fair. So then what is the maddest thing about running a business? So this is the good, bad, or the mind-blowing. Yeah, look, it it kind of even goes back into the the people thing, but you know, I just never know what's around the corner. Like yeah. I'll, I refreshed my emails last night. I got that that like real wackadoodle, like in the best way possible yeah, yeah. email. And she was like, my hands used to be like rose from the Titanic. They were so pruny because of blah, blah, blah. And like so descriptive or, you know, I'll get a yeah. DM from a beauty founder who I've respected from years and years being like, hey, do you want to collab? And that just, it just like blows my mind because I'm like, how do you know who I am? I'm not going to say who it was. But I got an order very recently from like a big Australian singer celebrity and my mind was fucking blown. I was like, in what world? And I tried to do everything I could. Like they've got a really distinctive name as well that I was like, there's not too many of these ones running around. I was like, no, like I can't think of a single other person with this name. And I was like, how, how? Like, and so I think it's just this constant element of as much as there can be like some nasty surprises sometimes that obviously we kind of deal with those. It's all of the really good stuff Mm -hmm. and the good surprises Mm -hmm. that you never know what's coming. So it keeps you on your toes in the best possible way. Amazing. Beth, thank you so much. This has been such a great chat and I am sure everyone listening has gotten a lot out of it. Even we might've scared them, but I hope not in a bad way. (laughs) I hope so too. I mean, I just, I think it's important because you can hear a lot of podcasts and people chatting like about, it was amazing. And then I opened my first retail store and I got this warehouse and I bought a yacht. It's like, hopefully all of that happens to me one day, but you know, like in the meantime, like this is a reality and you know, it's fucking awesome. And it's hard and it's worth yeah. it, but we should be talking about it. A hundred percent. Where can everyone find you? Great question. On Instagram, the handle is at by St. Jack. That's B-Y St. Jack. And on TikTok, it's at St. Jack Cosmetics. And you can find the rest if you wanted to follow me for God knows what reason. You can find those handles there. <laughs> no worries. We'll pop them in the show notes as well. Thank you Happy. so much. Pleasure. Thanks so much. And that's a wrap, Bestie. As always, I've loved being in your ears, sharing the highs and lows of running a business. If you want to keep the party going, come and join us on Instagram and TikTok at Girls Gonna Work Podcast. We are a small business, so if you're feeling extra kind, I would love it if you could like and subscribe to the platform of your choice and leave a review on Apple Podcast. 
This podcast was produced by the amazing team at Good Chat Media, so give them a follow if you loved the app. Thanks.